This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team, team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. What up, everybody? This is Rob Brandt. And this is Rick Brandt, and we are the Brothers Brandt. Welcome back. Episode 66 of the Brothers Brandt podcast. Oh, my gosh. Rick, we are in the middle of our epic sports road trip in the southeast region of the United States going to 12 games in nine days. I'm going to get there. That's exactly right. We are in the midst of one of the most epic Brothers Brandt road trips of all time. We've talked about going to 10 games in 10 days in a different region of the country, which you and I have mastered and we've done it before. We hit the Midwest. We did it down the West Coast. But in 2017, all you listeners out there, Rob and I went to 12 games in nine days. We are in the midst of this journey. We were just in Atlanta for several days, college football games, an Atlanta Braves baseball game. And here we are. After a Tuesday evening Atlanta Braves baseball game, having to get down to the state of Florida for Wednesday, where we would do a day-night doubleheader with two different teams, the Tampa Bay Rays and the Miami Marlins. So, Rob, let's get into this podcast. Tell the listeners a little bit about our overnight road trip from Atlanta, Georgia to Tampa Bay, Florida. I'm going to get into it, Rick. I'm going to let the listeners know what's going on. And But before I do that, episode 65 was interrupted by our dear friend, friend of the pod, Jim Nance, interview with Jim Nance, three Jersey boys just getting after it. And, and it was an absolute blast. So if you did not listen to 65, listen to 65, come back to 66. 
A big thanks to Jim Nance, uh, childhood idol, role model, and the greatest sports broadcaster of all time. Just an absolute treat to have him on episode 65 of the Brothers Brandt podcast. All you listeners out there, if this is your first podcast listening to us, go back, listen to the Jim Nance interview, pure gold for 20 minutes. Prior to that, we had his colleague on episode 64, fellow CBS college basketball legend, Bill Rafferty, the legendary announcer. The two of them will be sitting next to each other at the final four in just a few weeks and an honor to have them on back-to-back podcast episodes. The Brothers Brandt podcast is where it's at. Now let's get back to this hilarious, phenomenal sports road trip that we were on, Rob. Tell the listeners about this road trip. Okay, here we are. As Rick said, we are 12 games in nine days. All those other road trips, child's play, child's play. In this one road trip, we already went over a triple header, a trifecta to start the game, to start the road trip. Now we're doing a double header and there's going to be another double header on the back end of this road trip, actually two double headers on the back end of the road trip. So this is just absolute pure madness. Here we are, Atlanta Braves Stadium in Atlanta. Beautiful, arguably one of the best stadiums in the entire country. Highly recommend you put it on the the sports road trips to go check it out. It's fantastic. Unfortunately, we did not watch a game there. We went to the game and an ominous dark cloud came in and just hovered over the stadium for hours, drenching the stadium with buckets of rain, really just pouring down. We ended up having a great time in the uh, Delta Sky Lounge, and uh, but you know, 10 o'clock rolled around. We hung out there for three hours, and then Rick and I just said, you know what? Let's make our way down to Tampa, and we got it in the car, no hotel, just drove straight through the night from 10 p.m. with a little OAR blaring on the radio to make sure we were awake, straight down 95, and rolled into Tampa. I don't even know, probably around like four or five o'clock at that point, the sun, the sun was about to come up and we get into Tampa. And the thing about Rick and I's road trips is not only do we see the games, but we also organize a stadium tour to go along with it. So, so it is a, it's not a vacation. This is a quest, a quest for fun as Gwen, as Griswold would say. Um, So, and we had a lot of fun today, but what we did was we slept in a Holiday Inn parking lot. We just hung out in the car. We didn't want to buy a hotel room because it was 4 a.m. We had to get over to the stadium by like 9 a.m. for a stadium tour. So we said, you know what? Let's just crash in the car, put a little AC on. Woke up about an hour later, two hours later, headed on over to Tropicana Field, uh, a.k.a. the dump. I'm not going to lie, guys. We just went from one of the greatest baseball stadiums in the country to uh, the Tropicana Field where the Tampa Bay Rays play. And let's just say it is it is not too much to write home about. Um, you want to jump in there, Ricky? It's such a bad stadium that the Tampa Bay Rays and Major League Baseball are trying to find a way to get out of Tampa. They are talking about playing in Montreal half the season. They are talking about just demolishing the stadium and not even rebuilding a new stadium it's really that bad of a stadium folks and um that has nothing to do with the people of tampa bay they are wonderful people 
The front office of the Rays organization is terrific. Um, as Rob said earlier, we had a tour lined up. And one of the great things about our sports road trips, and you guys can do this too. Anybody can do it. You just need to reach out to the right people. And we searched online. We found some of the pr proper contacts who we thought would be good people to initiate with months prior. And this was like the perfect example of how great uh, just putting a little extra effort into your trip can make the actual experience. And here's what I mean by that. In June, in June, three, four months prior to our road trip, I put together with Rob's help, a nice laminated packet. We had our road trip itinerary, pictures to include a nice little letter, and we put it in the mail, the physical mail, sent it down to the Ray's front office staff. Somebody who probably doesn't really receive much mail at all at work, got a nice package personalized to us, from us to them. And in it, we specifically said, hey, could we meet you during this time on this day before this game for a 15, 20 minute window and maybe see a little bit extra? And that's exactly what happened. Rob, I don't know if you recall or not, but this is the moment where like, we know how great tours are, you and I know this, but this is like the picturesque moment where it just like absolutely sealed the deal on why you have to go above and beyond to initiate contact before you get there. Rob, there was a woman from the front office staff of the Rays. She had two bags, like gift shop looking bags in her hands. She was standing on like the third or fourth step when we walked into the stadium. And she came down and off the steps with a big smile on her face. She had these goodie bags filled with us. Like there, I think there was a bobblehead in them. There was like t-shirt, there was a hat. There was like a pencil or just like notebook. Like each of us got a gift bag. Was there great things in it that were like autographed pictures? No, but it was just like, hey, this woman took the time and gesture to give us something nice and, and then like give us hugs as if we were like longtime friends. That's building rapport without even meeting somebody in person. We did that, Rob. Then we went on the group tour of the stadium, you might recall with a lot of other people that were like, how did you guys get those bags? Like, why do you guys have all that fun stuff? And that happened, like that happened. But uh, then we got like the additional extra tour. Rob, you wanna talk a little bit about the behind the scenes, the little like one-on-one -on -one time we got? Feel yeah. that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, like you said, Rick, you go above and beyond, you put in the dirty work, you, you send the emails, you get all that stuff going. People come with, you know, uh, open arms. And, and despite the stadium not being anything to write home about, um, the energy, the love that they gave us was fantastic. And I would argue like one of the best uh, enthusiastic tours we've received because, you know, he's just working with what he's got. He's just working with what he's got. You know, you can't, you can't, you can't blame the guy because the history's not there because, you know, the stadium's not cool, no features, but this guy was giving his heart and soul to our stadium tour, taking us everywhere, taking us in and out. He brought us up to the stingrays. They actually had stingrays in center field. We got to, we got to pet some stingrays. So when people hit home runs over center field wall, it actually could go into a stingray, uh, uh, little, uh, little, little fish tank, fish stingray tank. Um, pretty neat. 
then, uh, you know, he brought us uh, to, uh, to, to the field and we got on the field. Uh, we actually got some pictures with, uh, in the batting circle. I remember he took some pictures of us in the batting circle. We went in the dugout. Um, you know, we got to meet a, an, uh, an anchor like at ESPN, like a local anchor and got some photos there with, uh, with her, which was really cool. Um, and, and then the history, you know, the history of the race. I'm just going to dive a little bit deep, Rick, and just give, a, give the listeners a little juice right here uh, to enjoy this episode a little bit more. The Tampa Bay Rays um, have been around. They actually, uh, you know, started uh, in, in 1998, it was about getting a team, an expansion team. So they've really very young. They've only been around for 22 years. So like I was saying, they don't have a lot of history to pull from on these tours, but they do have some exciting moments. Um, you know, uh, they, they weren't very, they weren't very good from the beginning, you know, 1998 to 2003, wasn't that great. Um, they were known as the devil rays and all the way up until 2000, 2007, and then they ended up dropping the devil ray, the devil, and just becoming known as the Rays. So they became known as the Rays. Um, and it was really in 2008 to 2014 that they became contenders. And um, you know, the the Tampa Bay Rays play in the uh, in the AL East with the with the Red Sox and the Yankees, and they're always looked at as like the bottom feeders in that in that division. But in 2008 to 2014, they made some solid runs. They've won the division. They actually won the wild card a couple of times, got in the playoff berth. Uh, and, and in fact, they ended up uh, going toe-to-toe with the Red Sox in the playoffs and beating them in a seven-game series to go to the World Series with, uh, with Joe Madden. And uh, they unfortunately ended up losing to the Philadelphia Phillies uh, in, in that World Series, but they made it to the World Series. And then even this past year in 2020, uh, you know, a lot of people don't realize this, but they made it to the AL champ. They, they made it to the AL championship and then the World Series. Uh, so pretty, pretty amazing stuff for just being around for 22 years. But in all honesty, they're kind of like a farm system. Uh, you know, they get these great players in and just because they're such a small market, they can't afford to keep these awesome, awesome players around for too long. So they end up going to another team. It just happens. It's just, it's just economics. Um, and Rick, you want to dive into the game? Well, listen, I agree with all that, Rob, uh, everything you said about the stadium and the, the team history. And um, it was a great experience. If you're in Tampa Bay, do go to a Rays game. You're inside this dome. It's a dome enclosed stadium. So regardless of the elements, whether it's heat or moisture and thunderstorms, uh, you know a baseball game is going to get played, and uh, it's all on turf. So um, it was good stuff, Rob. The Rays that day were playing the Minnesota Twins. Uh, I remember us having, like, fantastic seats because not a lot of people were there. It was, like, early September. It was uh, towards the end of the season. The Rays were not, I don't believe, in playoff contention in 2017. Uh, so it wasn't like this huge game, you know, against a huge rival. And um, it was also on like a Wednesday afternoon where the only other people in the ballpark, Rob, were like 65 and older because they were yeah. retired and they live in the Tampa area. So very few people in the ballpark. We ended up sitting like third or fourth row, uh, just like right behind the dugout home plate area. Great seats. Uh, the people around us were so nice, so kind. I remember. And, um, yeah, after the game ended, I mean, it wasn't much to speak about. Rob, do you even remember who won? 
Uh, yeah, the uh, the uh, Tampa Bay Rays uh, unfortunately lost to the Minnesota Twins. I believe it was eight to ten. That's uh, a great memory. It's great. You know, Google Google is fantastic nowadays. And you know, there there is a, a fun fact. I mean, I don't I don't know if our listeners will love it that much, but I want to tell it. It's on my mind. It's my podcast. I'm gonna I'm gonna do whatever I want. Um. So uh. So one of the interesting facts was I think it was Evan Longoria had like this home run to win uh like the, to clinch the the wild card and uh and 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 what's so interesting about it is um the outfielder i think it was fred mcgriff like fred mcgriff like back in the day wanted to like rob home run balls like wanted to rob home run balls and he was like made a request or carl crawford carl crawford made a request and said uh i i want you guys to have like the uh the uh um the the home run fence a little shorter have the home run fence a little shorter and uh so they made the home run fence a little shorter so you could just keep robbing home run balls and uh in this spot that's where evan longoria hit a uh home run to send the uh the tampa bay rays into the play yeah, so rob you're gonna post up a picture and for all you listeners out there rob and i on our tour of the stadium we were walked around pretty much the entire stadium and in the left field corner just beyond the home run wall, we're talking four or five feet just behind the home run wall, this low lining line drive of a home run that barely scooted off this over the short wall for a game winner to clinch the playoffs. Uh, again, like you said, maybe the wild card it was in 2012, I think it was. Uh, I still remember watching the game too, and it was epic. The place was going nuts. It was packed. It was a it was probably one of the biggest moments in the Rays franchise. Definitely it's a screaming line drive. I remember it only got like ten feet off the uh, ten feet off the uh, off the ground. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, so what they did to commemorate this moment was they put this ray of a uh, graphic on the ground in like where the fans kind of sit and walk area, and it just has the date and it says one sixty two on it because that was the hundred and sixty second game the final game of that season and they won that game on that home run to send them to the postseason which may or may not have been like the first time in uh the franchise's history so it was just a huge monumental moment and it was cool to see how they commemorated it glad you brought that up you know rick we got to do our listeners justice we got to know what we're talking about so i googled it uh it says longoria had one of the biggest hits in ray's history when he hit a 12th inning walk-off home run in the last game of the 2011 season, snapping a tie with the Red Sox for uh, the American League wildcard spot, sending their team to the, into the postseason. Very cool. Glad you looked that up. And just shout out to Evan Longoria. You'll be on the pod soon enough, and you can relive that moment friend with us the, and all of our listeners. Friend of the pod, friend of the pod. But now we're scooting along. We're scooting along. We're out of there, you know, 10-8 ball game game started at one you know uh we might have left we might have dipped out a little bit early a little bit early because we had to make our way down to miami now here's where things got interesting okay 2017 in september it's hurricane season this is hurricane season in miami in florida like you know board up the windows, lock the doors, hide the children, like, you know, get to some cover. You have to imagine this. So we are leaving Tampa 
and 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 the I believe it was the governor called a state of an emergency because Hurricane Irma is rolling through a category four hurricane that is set to hit on the 10th or 11th of September. And it was the sixth. This was crazy, Rick. I felt like we were in the movie Twister. I felt we were storm chasers. You got to imagine this. I'm trying to paint this picture of us leaving Tampa. And then as we're leaving Tampa, we're driving into Miami about three, four, four hours away. And the entire highway going north is just bumper to bumper, stopped at zero miles per hour. We're flying going 80 all the way to Miami because everybody's trying to get the heck out of town and get to safety, get to high water. And we're going right in for a Miami Marlins game at seven o'clock that night. And then God bless us. We're able to catch a flight out the next morning to go to Texas. Um, Rob, Texas. Rob, Rob, unbelievable. I just want to reiterate what you said. We're driving south for three and a half hours, heading down to Miami. And at the same time, Everybody in the state is virtually trying to go north to get out of the state. And Rob, also too, gas was like super, like nowhere to be found. Every gas station was empty. People were just stocking up on fuel. Like we legitimately needed gas to make it to Miami. I remember, I remember we had to plug in three different gas stations and then we had to wait in line for like 20 minutes just to get gas because we were scared we weren't going to make it to Miami. Um, you and- were Google, Rob, you were Googling gas stations like up and coming, like ones that were co- coming at future exits and you were calling the gas stations to find out, <laughs> hey, do you guys have gas? And like, it wasn't until like the third or fourth one that we called that they confirmed they had gas and then we waited and filled up. <laughs> and I, and, and it's so funny to say, I was literally calling people as my sales, my salesman in me, just, just calling people asking if they had gas. Oh man, so what a all, crazy, we were, and, and that is the dedication you're getting. That is the dedication you're getting with the Brothers Brand. When we set our mind to something, ain't no hurricane gonna stop us. Hurricane Irma, yeah, you might've done some damage, but but you didn't, you didn't damage the spirits of the brother's brand. In fact, you invigorated us. You challenged us and we grew from it. We got down to Miami to see our cousins, Lisa and Derek uh, in Miami, in Brickell in their beautiful, beautiful spot where we, where we hung out for, for, we didn't, we didn't, I think we went straight to the game and then we went after to Derek and Lisa. Is that right, Rick? Yeah. So we get to Miami, Rob, we go straight to the ballpark. Cause again, we're trying to get there by first pitch. It's super tight. This isn't one of those where we get in hours before the first pitch. We take a tour. No, like we're trying to make tight time. We got in, Rob, and I kid you not, there was like, it was like a half hour to 40 minutes away from first pitch. And there was like nobody in the ballpark. I remember distinctly them in like the seventh or eighth inning making the announcement about how many fans there were in the stands. And because a hurricane was like approaching and that's like some scary stuff, especially down in Miami. Um, nobody came to the game. It was like a couple hundred people in the entire stadium. And it was funny because I remember at one point they made an announcement early on in like the third or fourth inning that actually encouraged and said, hey, you can move down to any open seat you'd like because <laughs> there, were so, there were so few people in the ballpark, like a couple hundred out of tens of thousands of seats. Oh my God. You could, you, the, the Miami Marlins historically are, are 
the franchise is another history in itself, which I'll give in a minute. But, um, you know, historically, they're just not known for packing a stadium. Even when they won the World Series, the Miami Marlins have won a World Series. Like, besides for that one year, like, there, there's not a big draw to baseball in Miami, which is very interesting. You would think it would be like a huge... Uh, you know, community that, that, that thrives in baseball because it's, you know, in Miami, close to the Dominican, close to Puerto Rico, all that stuff, but it's not, they just, they just have trouble packing the stands. And then they just built this incredible stadium, uh, really uh, kind of funky, got a little Miami feel to it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it was empty, obviously, because of the hurricane this time. But even on normal days, there's only like 10,000 people out of the 40,000 capacity, uh, maybe even 5,000. So we could sit wherever we wanted. And uh, Rick, tell me about the hookup with Marlins, man, and uh, how that went full circle. So here's the deal. Rob and I always get cheap seats for when we go to sporting events. We will buy tickets online for like $12. And we won't even attempt to sit in the upper decks. Like we'll walk in and we'll go straight down to the field and try to find the closest open seat to where the sporting event is taking place. That's, that's our MO. Well, here at this game, it was kind of ironic, Rob, that the one game where they make an announcement that encourages people to come down to the lowest, closest possible seats that you can find is the one game where we legitimately had the best seats in the house. And we were gifted those seats by none other than Lawrence Levy, a.k.a. Marlins man himself, a friend of the pod, a friend of the brothers, Grant. Marlins man out there, for all of you who don't know, is just one of those well-documented, super Miami Marlins sports fans who travels around the world just going to the best sporting events and sitting in the best possible seats. He's also an idol of ours in some regard. And anyway, we met him earlier that year and became friends with him. We reached out to him and he straight up sent us, Rob, four tickets, his four tickets to sit in the front row behind home plate. And it couldn't have been nicer. Shout out to Lawrence Levy. Thank you for that gift. We had a great time. We enjoyed the ballpark. And uh, the Marlins played the Nationals that night, Rob. You were so good before. Can you tell the listeners what was the result of that game? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, Google has it at eight to one. The Nationals ended up winning. So it was a it was not a uh, it was not a, uh, you know, game to really watch. We had Hurricane Irma coming through. So, you know, um, the, the place was, uh, you know, I, pretty recall, much ourselves. I recall there being delicious food, but uh, great time. I would if you are in the Miami, South Florida area. Uh, check out a game at the Marlin Stadium. And then you're right, Rob. After the game was over, we went and met up with our cousins, Derek and Lisa. And everybody in Florida was trying to book flights and pay outrageous prices to get out of the state because this hurricane was approaching. People were packing their bags and just running for their lives. You and I just drove into the storm. And we had already purchased months prior our flight from Florida to Texas because the next day on Thursday, we had to pick up with our sports road trip in the great state of Texas. And so uh, it's the only time, first time ever for us, at least to that point, where we incorporated a flight into our sports road trip because we had rented a car. We returned the rental the next day on Thursday and we flew out to uh, Texas. But 
so fun, so fantastic. A baseball doubleheader in the state of Florida. Do yeah. you want to add anything before we wrap this bad boy up? You know, uh, you know, we didn't talk too much about the Marlins history. I'll try to keep it short. I'll try to keep it brief. Uh, you know, for their short history again, uh, Tampa Bay been around since, you know, nine, early 90s, uh, 1989. And then uh, the Miami Marlins, 1992, uh, 93 was their first uh, first season. And for a team that was lackluster in packing the stadium, they've actually won two, not one, but two World Series. Uh, their first World Series came in 1997. And this was a crazy, crazy World Series, like arguably one of the best finishes in, in World Series history. Um, you know, they, they ended up going to the playoffs and uh, they, they faced the Cleveland Indians in, uh, in the World Series. And the uh, Miami Marlins were huge underdogs against the Indians. And they ended up going to game seven uh, against the Indians and in game seven against the Indians in the bottom of the ninth, um, Craig council hits a sacrifice fly to tie the game at two. So they're playing at home, playing the Indians bottom of the ninth, two to one, the Indians are winning. They're going to think they're going to win the world series. Craig council hits a sacrifice fly to tie the game at two. And then fast forward to the 11th inning, um, Bases loaded, two outs in the bottom of the 11th. Edgar Renteria, soft liner, glanced off the glove of Cleveland pitcher Charles Nagy into center field to score Council and give the Marlins the win. So they win the 1997 World Series, and then they also win the 2003 World Series. So there you have it. Some fun facts, some random facts about the Miami Marlins. And Love it. Love it. Who doesn't want fun random facts about the Miami Marlins. That's why you come to the Brothers Brand podcast, ladies and gentlemen. If you the want episode. random facts, you come here. We got that. Now listen, we'll be back for the next episode of the Brothers Brand podcast where we pick up in none other than the great state, the Lone Star State, Texas itself. For all you listeners out there, I'm Rick Brandt. And I'm Rob Brandt. And we're the Brothers Brandt. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.